0: Hello, everyone. This is Big Brother Boaz for another edition of Sisters in Scripture, the husband's edition. I will pray us all in, and we will go from there. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, wonderful week. Uh, We appreciate everything you've done for us. Please keep protecting us and keeping us away from harm. Bless our families, uh, our friends with good health, uh, with your blessings. Thank you for everything, Lord. Amen.
1: Amen. This is Sister Glow here. And we are continuing with the whole Jacob, Rachel, Leah, Handmaid, and Handmaid's tale. And so we're going to pretty much take off where Mayor Bear and Teddy left off. And then we're just going to kind of continue to the end of the story. And sum it all up for you but first I'm going to introduce the crew with me so go ahead guys and gals introduce yourselves hey everyone this is
2: Lady T
3: hey everybody this is Mr. T Woo-woo. hey everyone it's
2: Mayor Baker
3: hello
4: everybody this is Ted
1: awesome all right so we got the whole crew with us so let's get started so Jacob, as we know, when we left off at the last store, he was still working for his uncle Laban. He was still working on the farm, leaving away, even after he done got his two wives that were sisters, Rachel and Leah. And he wanted to leave. So he went to Lab- Laban and told him, hey, I want to go. And Laban was like, "Ah, uh, no, we don't want you to go. You know, you you've been giving us a lot of fortune, so we don't want you to go." So he tried to keep him. He tried to negotiate his wages. And Jacob was like, "Nah, you know, you've been giving me unfair wages this whole time. I, you've been keep on changing my wages, so nah, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. How about this? How about..." So Jacob countered the offer, and he was like, "How about this? How about all of the spotted sheep? I'll keep." And all the spotted goat and all the dark lamb I'll keep and you keep all the unspotted ones. So Laban was like, All right, all right, we could do that. But Laban, because you know he is also a trickster, what he did was he decided to take all of the spotted goats and sheep and all the dark lamb, and he gave them to his sons. So then Jacob would have nothing. Because, you know, Laban is a trickster. But in this case, We got trickster versus trickster in this story. So Jacob, he had another plan. He got some almond tree branches and cut them up, put them in the flock's water. And he noticed that when the animals drank the water with the almond branches in it, then their offspring became spotted. So what he did was he let the animals that were strongest drink the almond water And the weaker animals, they just drank regular water. So all the spotted offspring became Jacob's. And Laban had all the little weak offspring. Laban's sons noticed that Jacob was doing this whole trickery thing. And so they started to complain. And so Laban started getting mad at Jacob. And so God came to Jacob and said, Jacob, you know, it's it's hot in this place, you know, so you might want to go ahead and go back to back home where your brother lives. But Jacob was kind of scared because, you know, he had tricked his brother and that's why he was running and his brother was trying to kill him. So he was like, God, are you sure? God's like, yeah, you need to go back. So Jacob said, "Okay." He packed up his wives, his children, his handmaids, his livestock, and they started going back to Canaan, where Esau lived and where Jacob was from. But Rachel, the tricky wife, the beautiful wife, decided to steal some idols from her father before they left. So she took the the idol and she put it in her little satchel and they kept on going on. When Laban found out that they had all fled, he decided he was going to go chase after them. So he mounted his horse, started riding after them and caught up to them seven days later. And when he caught them, he was like, yo, why are you just going to go off taking my daughters and my grandchildren like a thief? And then you had the audacity to steal my idols too? I should kill you, but I'm not going to because God told me not to. Jacob, he didn't know that Rachel had stole the idols. So he was like, look, Laban, nobody stole anything from you. If you don't believe me, you can search my camp. If any of the idols, any of your idols are are, are with anybody in my camp, then you can kill them and, and you could punish me. So Laban was like, all right. So Laban looked through the whole camp, He looked through all the people's tents, all his daughters but when he came to rachel she decided to sit on her stolen goods and she said oh um i'm on my period so you can't check this because you know back then they thought periods was dirty so laban skipped over her and so the stolen idols were not found and so jacob was like see i told you we didn't steal anything so laban was like well you took my daughters you took my grandchildren you didn't even let me say goodbye you know, let's just go ahead. Let's talk. Let's make a deal. So they did. They talked. They had some dinner. They set up a little pillar to talk about the deal they made. And basically, Jacob promised to treat both his daughters right and to not take any other wives. And they both promised not to cross the pillar and attempt to cause harm to the other person. So that was their deal. They ate dinner. They slept. And then the next morning, Laban went back home and Jacob went on to go Back home to where Esau was. So, on the way to uh, Jacob going to Esau, he tried to send some people ahead of him to try to kind of clear the air with him and his brother. You know, he tried to send some of his livestock and his cattle ahead, you know, as kind of a peace offering like, hey, brother, I'm coming home. I know I did you dirty, but if you will please accept me into your arms, I will be so grateful. So the messengers that he sent with the gifts for Esau came back and was like, "Yeah, we found Esau. We found your brother. We told him we wanted to make amends. And he on his way over here. And Jacob was like, what? He on his way? And they were like, yeah, he's on his way. We don't know what he wants, but he on his way over here to meet you. So Jacob was a little bit afraid. He thought that his brother was going to come and hurt him. So he prayed, he spent some time with Jesus, he prayed for blessings, and he got it. And then he kind of set up his crew. So what he did was he put his servants in the front, then he put Leah and her kids next, then he put Rachel, and then he put himself in the front, and he went up ahead to go meet Esau. And when he met with him, he bowed down to him seven times, but Esau ran up to Jacob, gave him a big hug, kissed him, and they both cried. And Jacob introduced Esau to his whole family and all of uh, Jacob's family bowed to Esau. And Esau was like, why would you send the livestock? And Jacob was like, I, you know, I wanted to send you a gift because I wanted to make amends. I wanted to have some favor in your eyes. Esau was like, I have plenty of stuff. You didn't need to send me that. But Jacob was like, oh, I insist. I have plenty too. And I just, you know, want to make up for everything I stole for you. So Esau said, okay, okay. I, You know, I'll take that. But come on home with me. And Jacob was like, yeah, I do want to come home. But, you know, my family is tired. We've been traveling for like 14 days. I don't really know how many days they travel, but it was a lot of days. We've been traveling and I know they're tired. So I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there slowly. Esau understood. Esau even offered Jacob to like have some protection, have some of his men protect them. But Jacob, you know, he had finally matured. He had already became his own man. So he said, you know, I'm good. I, I, I got this. I got my family. And Jacob ended up buying some land near Esau's home and the family settled there. And Jacob set up an altar there and he called it El Elohi Israel, which means the mighty God of Israel. So that is the story. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think?
0: I don't know how the the old saying that my grandmother grandmother used to tell me, keep your words sweet because you might have to eat them. So I guess through all the trickery and stuff that Jacob did, you know, he had to actually go back home. And luckily, you know, es- Esau let bygones be bygones. And because that'll have been some nasty words to eat if Esau wasn't <laughs> in that place, you know. So uh, I guess we should we got to be more wise on what we say to people. So that way, you know, we don't get caught in a predicament like that.
1: I like that. Esau was forgiven. I love that about
5: Esau. That's really good. And, you know, the weight and the time probably allowed God to work on Esau's heart as well. And, you know, in the end, even though things may have started off uh, trickery and really rough, in the end, the wealth still came back to where they started,
0: Mm -hmm.
5: which was the whole point of keeping it in the family right (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: i know it's not right to delight in uh bad things for people but i giggled to myself very much so when um jacob had to deal with laban and all of his trickery and everything it wasn't right and i felt kind of bad for him but at the same time karma came around and showed herself and he understood what it was to be a trickster and how it feels when someone does that kind of behavior to you. And it was good in the sense of making him grow and understand what, what he should and shouldn't do, even though it was a tough situation of 20 years. Um, hmm. He learned, I'm sure a lot and grew from it. So I found that to be a nice turn even though it was at his expense but he needed to learn and then of course I agree with Boaz and Lady T I really loved how Esau was just super forgiving in a sense like he was just like this is my brother it is what it is and then probably through the fact of Esau becoming a father himself and a husband and everything it just changed him and like Lady T said I'm sure that the good Lord worked on his heart.
1: Amen to that. So we talked a lot about like generational curses. You know, first Abraham, you know, kind of being, he wasn't too tricky. He wasn't as tricky as Jacob and, and Israel and everybody else. But you know, he had his situation where he lied. And then, you know, Jacob and uh Jacob and Esau's dad, they he had uh Isaac had his situation where he was being tricky and lying, and then Jacob was tricky and his mama was tricky. And now we have Esau and Jacob raising their children, right? And I feel like they both kind of broke that curse because, you know, or tried to break that curse because, you know, of this whole forgiving situation. Like they, you know, forgave each other. And I really think that Esau and Jacob is really the true love story. You know, we try to make this a love story with Leah and Rachel and and Jacob and Rachel and that was just a mess. But the real love story I really think was between these brothers and forgiveness.
4: Yes. I I would agree with that as well. You know, just kind of like piggybacking off of what has kind of already been said. I think he's just always just had like just the forgiving heart and and mind to just be like, yep. Okay. I'll just keep on doing, you know what I need to do. And kind of like, you know, just kind of almost worrying more so about like himself in the sense of not being in a selfish way, but like kind of just worrying about the things that he can really, really change. And for the things that he couldn't, I mean, it is just what it is, you know. Um, I think a lot of times just in general, we we try to, or we put a lot of energy in things that we have no control of. You know, it kind of like feeds closely into like, you know, the serenity prayer and realizing that At the end of the day, it's all, you know, God's hands. I mean, there are things that happen and we're like, why, why, why? And it's like, we don't say why when it's a positive thing, right? Um, We just, we just take it, you know, like, oh, this is great. You know, God is doing wonderful. But when it's negative in our minds, we're like, oh, well, why me? Like, why did he do this to me? You know, so I I really think, you know, that's just a very, very wonderful, I guess, heart that he has. I mean, that's just, you know, the heart, heart of gold there.
1: You said something interesting about not being in, like, sometimes having no control over certain situations. And so I've, I felt that way about uh, Laban, because Laban, when he came, when he finally met up with Jacob and Rachel, you know, seven days after they left, then he, like... Sometimes I feel like when people don't have control over stuff, they try to still pretend like they have control or try to pretend like they have something to, to negotiate with when they really don't have a leg to stand on. And I feel like LeBron did that because he kept on saying, you done left with my children. You done left with my grandchildren. Well, Laban gave his daughters to Jacob, you know, in marriage for Jacob's services, right? For Jacob's 14 years of working. So technically, Laban didn't even have a leg to stay on. He was just kind of like trying to say, you know, how people are when they just kind of try to say, I got this, I did this, I did this for you, you owe me, I did that. And it's really like, it's a manipulation, too, that we kind of have to be aware of when dealing with people because we shouldn't make anybody guilt us into being obligated to them. We should really just be obligated to the people we say vows to and to God. Like, yes. everything else
2: is like, you know what I'm saying? I agree. I agree. I agree. And I was, I was also going to say, on a funny note, we all know LeBron didn't do nothing because Jacob was putting in that work between the, the servants and Leah and Rachel my man was busy so Laban wasn't doing any of that which that would have been really filthy and disgusting and nasty not considering that the whole situation was a hot mess anyway that would have just been on some next level foolishness yeah poor Jacob he was just he was having lots of lots of
1: grandchildren for Laban huh
0: about that <laughs> And extra and, uh, workers, too, because he had them kids working at a young age. They were just out there working, getting mandrakes and all kinds of stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, as soon as you start walking, you got a plow or a hoe or something, and you, you, you were in the field tending to the animals. They probably were shearing sheep by the time they could hold scissors and figure out how to, to, to operate them.
4: Hey, got to put them to work, baby.
2: What did you
1: guys think of... Um... Miss Rachel hiding her, hiding them, them father's
5: idols. I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, she got the trickery just like her father. (laughs) And utilizing her feminine side to, you know, basically hide. I was just talking to Mr. T about that. And I, I, you know, my question was, why would she even take that specific items? And Mr. So, T was explaining to me why he thought that, you know, she she took it. So I'll let him go ahead and explain. Oh yeah. yes, I'm on
3: here. I, Rachel took it because um we have to realize that their their practice, their religion, this is all that she knew was in those idols. They believed in gods. So it was a safety net for her, if anything. That she could always fall back on if things did go wrong, they would leave everything that they knew to go to an unknown land. They didn't know how they would be received uh, going to uh, to Jacob's uh homeland. They didn't know anything, so it was going to be something for them. So I believe that she just she just did what she she knew. And she relied on her or, or she was doing that to rely on her safety net just in case anything fell through. She had that to go back on because they believed in those idols that they could talk to those idols and that they would have favor. And that's just what I think about that. How about y'all? I,
1: I felt the opposite. I felt like number one. Well, you know, Laban and Rebecca, Jacob's mom, were brother and sister. So they kind of, you know, that's their that was their aunt. So they kind of knew where they were coming from. I almost feel like Laban having idols in the first place is kind of like when, you know, when Christians nowadays have idols because they knew about God. They weren't unfamiliar with Jacob's traditions or God or anything like that because they were family. So the idols to me were like, I think, I feel like Rachel stole them because those idols were probably made out of gold or silver. So they were worth something. And I just see Rachel kind of like as what we would now, what we now see as like like that material type of girl who was interested in materials at whatever cost. You know, she could have she been killed by her father after stealing something of that worth. You know, stealing something that wasn't hers. That back then led to like a death sentence you know what I'm saying but I think that she was so clouded with materials and getting away with stuff using her charm and using her femininity to get away with stuff that she it was worth that risk for her
5: I see both sides but I honestly do also see more of Mr. T because I was thinking about like family members right even though we may be cousins like one of my family members know that I'm a like my cousin, or you know my sister knows that I'm a Christian, but they don't. They're not Christians. To respect where I stand in my walk with God, but not necessary that they they uh truly respect. You know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. so I think that even though they may have known that you know Jacob's side they believe in God that didn't necessarily mean that they worship God, you know, the same way. And I could see because in in the scripture, they were saying when Jacob said let's go, they were basically saying there's, you know, there's nothing left for us here, anyway. So to me, it was like the only thing that she felt um that was worth it was those idols and for a reason it could be because that was like what they worshiped and what she believed in is it's like she was more nervous to leave and go with Jacob so it's kind of like you know when you go into an unknown place or if you get in a car with someone you know is reckless what are you going to do you're going to pray right you mm-hmm. you're going to take your god with you you're going to pray be like lord please keep me safe and you know so I think that could have been also her safety net and at the same time it could have been made of gold. So that was like a, a two for two thing because those idols were truly, you know, worshiped and cared for. So of course they would not probably be made, um, not of nothing but gold. So I think that you both, I could see where both of you are talking and coming from.
3: You know, something else while y'all was just talking, I was just thinking about something else that, uh, was true um so rachel was younger than leah jacob of course was the younger brother between him and esau and it's the same exact situation that you would say that was going to get an inheritance it would have been uh of course it would have went down to their brothers first but if the brothers weren't there then it would go down to them and it would have been the oldest daughter which would have been Leah and so she wouldn't have had anything Mm. so by her taking it it was just almost like she was stealing the inheritance just like Jacob Mm. her husband Mm. Jacob did to Esau Mm.
5: so yeah so uh, it wasn't just love they had a lot of commonality
3: (laughs)
0: yeah you know what i was thinking kind of the same thing because i was just <laughs> reading a little bit while you were talking and and i realized in all her i guess dealings with anyone she was so competitive so it seemed like she was going to win by any means so if it meant yeah. taking those idols and let's say they fell on hard times or whatever you know if those idols had some worth she was going to use it mm-hmm. or maybe she's going to say hey jacob look look you know we're, we're falling on hard times uh esau didn't accept you back but I have these. Leia didn't give you anything. I just felt like she was going to just keep going and going because mm. maybe her mindset, the way she was raised, was just was, was like LeBron. Just be competitive, tricky, tricky,
3: or whatever it is.
1: Anything but, to, get by. to get
3: by. Yeah. I mean, we're just a situation away from going into what I think of this survival mode. Because when people go into survival mode, they'll do any and everything <laughs> possible. You know, I mean you'll see the, the downright evil in people <clears> throat> when throat> you uh when you get pressed up against hard times like that and you don't know what else to do. So you're just trying to survive. And that could be again, that could have been with with Rachel, the way that she was acting. Amen with yeah, that. You know, but that
1: that's
4: an interesting uh viewpoint of um, by any means necessary, right? So, like, yeah, we we do go into survival mode, but there's still positive (laughs) survival mode options that don't involve negativity. Because, like, I'm sure for everybody on the call, if push come to shove, we'll make it happen. Whether that's working around the clock, you know, positive, versus I'm sure we're not about to go become a prostitute. That's Mm -hmm. just not going to happen. So it's it's a choice that we make and we still have options, right? Like, it's kind of like they say, you got the bad bird, you know, bad bird on one show, then the good bird, you know, kind of talking to you at the same time. So it's just, there's still positive options. We just, you know, and for her, she just chose to continue doing the things that you know were wrong. You know that that's not right, (laughs) but you're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, you know, because I'm surviving, you know, and that's what a lot of people say. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm out here surviving and it's like, are you really like, are you just taking like the easy way out, you know, because the easy way out, we all know is not the best way. Um, it might work for a time, but not a long lasting situation. So it's just, you know, kind of looking at it from a different angle and you're like, oh, okay. So I, I, yeah, you know, like now even, you know, say for like Boaz, like, yeah, you can be competitive, but it doesn't have to be negative, right? Like yeah. You can still be competitive. And, and just have that competitive nature about yourself, but it doesn't have to involve negative things. It, it's just, you know, one of those things because especially like now for me, I see it like, you know, working a part-time job, people are, you know, stealing. And when they get caught, oh, it was a mistake. No, it wasn't. Like, you don't just randomly go to the store and you're just walking around and you're like, you know what, I'm going to take something today no that's not how that works like that's just not the psyche you planned that the whole time when you were driving to the store and then when you got out the car and you walked in that was your whole intent you know um oh man you know i could pay for it so if you could pay for it then why are we taking it you know but it's just i think just kind of looking at like uh, the the different perspective inside of it, it it's you know that positive is is kind of always there you know like just people just choose to do the negative thing, and then try to use it as a cop out. Like, oh, I'm just, you know, my family needs it. Yeah, they need you to be home too. So if you get caught and you go to jail, then what? Mm. So, yeah.
3: You know, God is so is so so good that even in the wrongdoing of Rachel, He still covered and honored the covenant that He had with Jacob, because technically, if Rachel would have got caught with those idols and because of what the because of the way that Jacob came and replied to Laban he technically would have had to forfeit everything that he had but God covered him even in the midst of someone in his camp doing wrong Mm -hmm. I thought that was that was great because God always He honors His mm-hmm. covenant. Matter of fact, so much so that He'll pay the price for us, in which He showed with sending His Son down across cross for us. So He mm-hmm. paid for our covenant for the covenant that He made for us.
0: Yeah, I agree with you because I mean, like, even if we look at it today, you know, it's like so many things that. We go through, like, let's say if, if we envy of somebody or or revenge or somebody did something wrong or anything of that nature. And he he, he does cover us because, you know, I think sometimes we just lose our perspective or, or what God wants us to do. I mean, like maybe I didn't get that dream job. Maybe it wasn't really meant for me, but we would do anything we can to try to get it. And, you know, not taking the blessings of having the job we currently have, which allows to have more time with our family or less stressful, you know, help out with our mental or, you know, anything of that nature, you know, it, it's, it's like we do so much to try to get something that we think we deserve or need or have to have versus what God wants us to have or wants to bless us with.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if
0: that makes sense. I just, I just well, it kind talk about of goes back
1: to like the, the Rachel being desperate and being in, sur- in survival mode
0: yeah. and
1: decide and making the bad decision to, instead of, shave and and sell sheep or, you know, be satisfied with the fact that she had so many strong livestock and a loving husband and children and all these things that she really ever wanted in the first place to instead think, "Oh, oh my God, I need some more. I need something else to hold on to and then steal the idols. So I really feel like when you are in the mode where either you're in survival mode or you might not be in survival mode, but you feel like you need more, I feel like it speaks highly of your character, what you reach out for. Are you reaching out for money? Are you reaching out for gold? Are you reaching out for an idol? Are you reaching out for another person, your husband, You know, your wife? Or are you reaching out for God? Because really, that's what Rachel should have did, even if she felt like she didn't have enough, even if she was scared. Even if felt lonely, even if she felt like ashamed or insecure, she should have reached out to God instead of them idols. And I think that's what the real message of part of the story, because it's a it's a long
2: story. <laughs> and Rachel, too, to to say that, like, because Rachel definitely from my from my perspective of reading, she of course believed her husband. She saw what was happening for him, but it was clear when she was like, Well, since Our inheritance is gone because, you know, he didn't give giving away all of our stuff. Then, I mean, it's nothing left for us here. She, you know, says nothing left for us here. Let us go. Like Lady T said. So, you know, she said, if your God said, let's go, then why don't we go? And she didn't say our God. She said your God. So it was one of those things that she believed in whatever with her husband, but she didn't necessarily, I don't know, she necessarily believed it for herself. So it definitely, I I agree with you guys. I can see both perspectives of what Mr. T as well as sister glow was saying, but then it's kind of funny because God is awesome. He definitely covered Jacob and he made sure that what was needed to be done for Jacob was done. But then the thing that I found interesting is technically speaking, Rachel did her due diligence and delivering them children because she didn't get a chance to enjoy seeing her kids grow up and everything. Because once she labored poor little Benjamin, that was it for her. So maybe her dealing with the idols came back to bite her with her dying in childbirth, too. Yes. But that's later idol. on. <laughs> Sitting on that idol.
1: Yo. Oh. That's a good. I mean, like I didn't even think about how symbolic that is sitting
5: on an idol, mm-hmm. and then instead, of death, instead of that, standing on a rock, right? Your womanhood to lie on it. What?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. But how uh, how long have Rachel been using her femininity, like her beauty, her? You know, we talked about how last time she's very voluptuous. She used that to get ahead. And this is just Mm -hmm. another example of her using her femininity to get ahead. No, some people like that. Well, we've all
2: done it. Oh my! No. Sometimes we don't use it for evil, though. I
1: mean, like, okay, for instance, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give an example, okay. Like if my car broke down, or if I got okay, this happened. This is a true story, right? So I like, you know, got lost in the hood, hood of Baltimore. I'm talking about like the Wire hood in Baltimore. And so I was just like, group of thugs. And it was like looking in the car, like if I was trying to do a drive by or something, which I'm not. I'm just lost, right? So I like lean out and I put on my most innocent dams on in distress voice. And I say, um, um, excuse me, can you tell me where 554 feet street is? <laughs> and they're like, sure, shorty, sure, short, shorty, let me help you out. So, you know, it's not always bad use your femininity. Sometimes you gotta use it because you gotta survive. And it might not necessarily be a
2: bad thing. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. That is not terrible. That, that is, is, terrible not, terrible. That is not terrible.
4: So, let me ask you a question.
2: Uh-huh. So oh,
4: since since we all family, right, so, uh-huh. do do you think that you would not have gotten assistance if you would have just asked the question in a normal voice?
2: I don't know.
0: It was natural.
2: Well, I'll it tell you bad. what. i tell <laughs> you what. If you had came up there and was like, yo, 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 how'd you here I don't think that would have worked out too well. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know. Yeah. We know don't that. know. You don't know, but you, as the saying goes, you can catch more flies of honey than vinegar. So but my normal just, voice is still fine. That's true. Mm-hmm. I just feel that, like That, love that love. is true. Mm-hmm. But you can still catch more hunt. You can still catch more flies of honey than vinegar. So the sweeter it is, I'm just saying. No, it's
5: just about being. So let us let, just nice. let,
2: let me ask you this,
5: uh, Ted. When you trying to um, <clears throat> romance. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor
2: Bear, mm-hmm. <laughs> we
5: well, mm-hmm. trying to Mayor Bear. Do you not work on that? You know, be sweet, like oh, buy her favorite food, buy this. The or you just think that you just gonna get that?
0: He just pulls a Jacob. Tell
5: <laughs> I
1: I um. hope not.
5: You say what? So
4: the 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 thing about it is is I'm I'm gonna always be myself. So I'm not okay. changing for anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Because what ends up
4: happening, I think, is that we realize we we continue to do the flip flop, and then when it goes against us, then we're like, oh, well, I didn't mean it that way. Mm. Mm. But if you just, but again, like I said, if you just are the same, like what's wrong with just pulling down the window and saying, excuse me. Um, I'm lost. can you help me?
1: I guess fear but you know with women yeah. with women, you know sometimes because because we have you know disadvantages too right because we are because we are women, people might look at us x, y or z or look to you know to, to take advantage of us or give us less pay because you know they don't think we're strong enough. So mm-hmm. why not use that when you're in a situation when you actually need help?
3: Survivor of the
5: fittest.
3: What, it, what, what, what? what I think it is, <laughs> is, 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 is uh, what I think is very vital is you got to read the room mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. you got
3: to know the situation. I mean, mm-hmm. I I want to agree with my brother Ted. <laughs> no, but but listen though, but give me I might right, have so... to go with Glow on this one we'll because. But
4: listen, the, old man. the reason why what I'm what I'm getting at is, <laughs> is is like here recently, right? What have we learned, or what has come out with all of well, not all, but the majority of inappropriate touching cases. Right, like Matt Lauer, like all of those, they work with them, right? And Mm -hmm. if you listen or watch the documentary that's on Netflix, she was fine with it, but now all of a sudden, you're not fine with it. So it's kind of like, oh, it was cool for you to get ahead, right? You used it then, you wore the tight clothes, you wore the low dress, and revealing yourself because you thought you needed to do that, you got what you wanted. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, well, okay, but what's in it for me, right? But if you just do what you have to do, you don't have to worry about that. Like, if you're always yourself, like, don't change who you are. And that that's the reality of it. I was up, but like,
1: I was, I was, was with, with you. Yeah. I was with you all the way up until the end because you're right. We shouldn't be sitting here flaunting and trying to get ahead that way. But they're the right. same time. It's like, Mm -hmm. if we are already not getting ahead just because we're women, you know what I'm saying? And we're part, we can work if we work the same amount and it can, and it's not just women versus men, right? It could be black versus white. It could be college degree versus certificate. There's so many prejudices out here that this can uh, pertain to, but if we have, because of whatever minority you know, situation you're in. If you have to work twice as hard to get halfway there, you know what I'm saying? It's already not an equal field. You can say, oh yeah, all you had to do was be yourself and work hard, but that's not really true because it's Mm -hmm. not an equal playing field. You know
5: what I'm saying? But I
1: do agree. Being myself
5: is like wearing pajamas at home, but you can't go to work looking like that.
2: That's (laughs) That's gonna be a problem. But at the same it's time crazy.
5: I'm
1: fired, like,
2: so
4: at the same time there are options that in I've seen it where you could wear a dress that comes right above your knees or you decide to wear one that's a little bit higher with a split in the back and
3: mm-hmm. then you
4: sit there a little closer and that's not your normal but you say you know what man I'm gonna go ahead and do this and you know I I mean, if it happens, then bam, I did what I needed to do to get to where I wanted to be. But at the end of the day, you still have to look yourself in the mirror, right? Like yeah. we all have to look ourselves in the mirror and be like, well, did I really have to do that? Or should I have just documented and did what I needed to do to get to where I wanted to be? But,
5: you know, it's, you know. It's an individual thing. I, I mean, it's an individual
4: I just don't think thing. that like all of the people... Oh. Like, you know, we look at, like, our man Mr. Cosby. They were all <laughs> not drug. Like, come on. Like, it, it's some. come on. It's just, like, I just don't understand. Like, all of these people. Like, he drugged all of these people. Come he on.
1: might have. That was his thing. But, so I agree with you about the whole, you know, using it to get ahead thing. Like, that is wrong and then, and then you know, crying you know, uh, harassment afterwards. I do agree with you on that, but I also would say just because she flaunted don't mean you got to grab it. Whoop. You know, so, that man got needs to have some stuff. Okay. Or, but,
4: but think or about a, this one. A, There's two what? people, right? Unless I legit rape you, you... We, look, again, I say this. Clothes just don't magically come off.
0: What?
4: that? Well, look,
1: some... <laughs> <laughs> some of them, oh, some of them oh, guys oh. Did, did rip them clothes off. Oh, I
3: don't know.
1: Some of them
4: Those
5: guys did rip just them clothes off.
4: Just on. magically fall off when I look
2: at you.
5: Yeah, if I am drugged, it does. For yeah, me. exactly. True, <laughs>
2: true, true. <laughs> everybody's kind of not drugged because it's not my, my hand, hands taking it all. You have to also remember too, like. Also, you know, when you're talking about the clothing option, for one, which you're not privy to know necessarily because you're a man and no offense to the rest of you guys, but (laughs) the fashion industry only makes but so many clothing in so many different styles. So for example, if this is a season where the to the knee dress is not popping, you're not going to find it. And if you might've fluctuated in your weight, and you can't wear options that were more conservative and you have to go with what you have right here on the rack, you might be stuck where you have to get something that's a little shorter than you care for. And then all of a sudden now people are thinking you're flaunting it and you're really not. You're just built a certain way. You might be built like a brick house and you put anything on and everybody can see whatever. Even if you put a jacket or try to cover it or whatever, you're just stuck. If you're busty, no matter what you do, everybody gonna still know that you're busty. You got a booty. People gonna still know that you got a booty, no matter what you do. Was you know, and you can try. I mean, I fall into the category, one of the categories I named, and I have tried many a time. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But if you got it, you got it. So it's not necessarily that you even want to flaunt it. Sometimes you're forced to flaunt it. Because I know I have had conversations with Sister Glow and with Lady T about how you're trying to go buy a bathing suit. And it's like two little pieces of spaghetti. And they're talking about some, this is the new cover-up bathing suit. This is not. This is not a bathing suit. This is this is worse than lingerie. And I'm supposed to wear this out? Girl, Come did on, you wear it? <laughs> it does feel harder and harder to buy. Cute clothes. Sometimes I had to cover. wear certain things, sir, because I had no choice. But I yeah. haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> <I'm> oh <so> my! <angry.
1: laughs> <laughs> it does get harder no, and I, harder to find I, cute clothes that are that still hold everything that women have in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I think, Especially black women. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think mm. uh, if you know what I'm saying. A lot of things <laughs> because if you look at. I mean, just the illusion. How 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 we people, how mm-hmm. us humans are people. We uh, do society. I think sex sells a lot. So it, mm-hmm. I mean, even for the men. Like I remember we were trying on suits and stuff, and I'm like, man, this is too tight. You know what? <laughs> it's, it's a gray suit. So you know how the theories with gray suits or gray material. You know, at least the jogging pants or joggers. You know, so we it's like, yeah. Huh? Well, well, you know what they say. You know, uh, <laughs>
2: what
0: I what I, what I heard. <laughs> what I heard. But I'm just saying that just like I think on, on, on both aspects, I, I think that uh, it's just hard. It's
1: just... hard not to be looked at lustfully. Yeah, but yeah, but in that's... a society where everything yeah, is lust.
0: I mean, like I mean,
5: exactly. We, you we have record. a rumor on. Someone would seize you sexually.
2: <laughs> exactly, it, and I mean I hate to say this, but this actually <laughs> is true because <laughs> I have heard people say this in situations that were not the best, but you can't control what someone sees or you can't control someone else's perspective of you you cannot i don't care what you do if it's just like you said lady t i could be walking around for burlap sack and if somebody thinks that burlap (laughs) sack is all of it they're gonna be like yeah let me get that burlap sack what am Mm. i going to do then right right
0: run away But, but I, I oh do got gosh. one serious serious question for the masses, okay? Uh, so I'm trying to figure this out. So we, we know how Rachel was, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: they made it all the way back to uh, where Esau was at. So when Rachel met Rebecca, how did y'all think that turned out? I mean... Well,
1: they didn't meet. They didn't meet? I mean... We don't think they met.
0: Because you got Master Trickster <laughs> and younger Trickster, older Trickster, you know? I mean, like... Yeah, so... I always wonder, like, how... I thought they meant I thought the Bible just the Bible just didn't talk about it, but I know they had to. So it's
1: possible that they might have met, right? But I, Rebecca, might have died before Jacob and um and his family came back, and I'm pretty sure Rebecca did die before Jacob. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say specifically, but there Mm -hmm. is no talk about Rebecca, you know, meeting the family or anything like that, right? But I think that if they did meet, you know, it's hard to tell because. Rebecca, she was manipulative and she hated Esau's wives, but she hated them because they were Hittites. I'm trying to remember from three weeks ago. So, Hittites, I think, I think so. they were, right? I think um, so. They were Hittites and she hated right, them for that. Right. So, would she only like Rachel and Leah because they were? from family. the same clan, because they were family? Mm-hmm. Or or was she t- the type of woman who just hated all her uh, daughter-in-laws?
5: Nah, she wanted to keep it in the family. I think she would have loved them. hmm
1: yeah.
0: But girl, let me show you how to hide these idols better. That's <laughs> possible. <Yeah>. She <laughs> might
1: have told her, you know, she loves some Jacob. Oh, But that's the other thing. Because she loved Jacob so much, she might have hated whoever. You know how some some mothers they gonna hate whoever their son brings to their house because that's that's their son
5: mm-hmm. that's probably me
1: say that again
5: that's probably me in the future ah! because
1: <laughs> you got your two boys you gonna be like uh-uh. ain't nobody get <laughs> enough of my babies.
5: Yep. <laughs> so who
1: knows how she was you know how they were, how they
5: interact
0: interacted. I, I just know it this would have been a great movie to make.
1: Yeah, a lot of stories in the Bible would have been great mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the T V screen.
5: I think she would have liked Rebecca better than Leah. Not because of her beauty, but because she's a, tr- a trickster as
2: well. Mm-hmm. That's true. She probably would have been the one like, Yeah, use your maid servant if your womb isn't working, girl. Do that. I'll probably pass it happen off to uh Uso. probably
1: pass down.
5: <laughs> I
1: well Isaac probably would have liked Leah and Isaac was still around so True. maybe you know maybe he really did like Leah because she didn't give Jacob no problems <laughs>
5: she, she said wanted love.
1: She, you know, she wanted
5: love so, did y'all read the part where um, she was buried along the way and what he put um, on her tomb on her grave Go ahead, tell us about that. Because I have read No, it before, I'm, I'm asking. Huh? And
1: you're talking about when Rachel died.
5: Yeah. No, I just thought it was interesting that he, you know, t- he took the time to build the pillar um, mm-hmm. for her. And I don't know. I would have thought that he would have, like, carried her to mm-hmm. the destination and then buried her along with him. Because, you know, he had a specific place where like Abraham and Sarah um Mm -hmm. were buried Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. instead Mm
2: -hmm.
5: he was buried with Leah there yes which was interesting because I you know Rebecca um Rebecca was like the love of his life
1: yeah so they say but you know did Jacob (laughs) I'm I'm sorry
5: Rachel not
1: Rebecca (laughs) yeah Rachel right right did Jacob learn? Did he grow and mature and realize, what is it that rap said? Uh, chemistry is better than physics. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm pretty sure that this wasn't the, the only time Rachel was, you know, manipulative. That was just in her nature. So maybe after a while, Jacob realized that maybe we, sh- maybe it shouldn't be the pretty manipulative one. That he wanted uh-huh. to really be buried next to. Maybe he really wanted to be next to the one that was nice and sweet and helpful and honest.
5: So, so and he put on the tomb unto unto this day on Rachel. Unto this day. What do y'all
1: think that means? Unto so this
5: day. It's basically like forever. Like if you read it, it'll be like unto this day. It could be tomorrow. You read it, it'll say that <laughs> the day of in a year, it's the unto this day. It's like, uh, to me, it was kind of like, a. Uh, like she would live, she, her memory will live forever. Basically. That's how I took it.
2: Mm. I mean, she probably has his heart, but he mm-hmm. probably, he probably dealt with Leah because of the fact that she was the one who like cared and she was with yep. him longer. And so he probably grew to really, truly love her because he saw how she took care of him and then how she helped to take care of their children. And so that probably, it was just a no brainer because like, she's been here. I mean, Rachel unfortunately perished. So, you know, it is what it is, but that's Mm -hmm. who probably had his heart, like in a sense of her being beautiful and all that kind of stuff. But the person who it was the stronger than the physical situation was Leah. And that's why she, I mean, because she, made it to the their place anyway and was long and was living longer. So obviously he had to bury her in a certain sense. I mean he didn't have to technically but yeah,
5: Bethel, him. it made
2: sense. It made sense. So I, I think you have a, a whole situation there, Lady T, like that's gonna forever, forever be his love, but you know, Leah was his, his helpmate for mm-hmm. the sake of life.
5: He wanted to sleep uh sleep next to the one that didn't give her them give him that much grief, huh? that's yeah. probably you.
1: so because probably even so. you know we didn't get this far ahead in genesis but when jacob died he wasn't he wasn't near the tomb
2: they he requested mm-hmm. that they carry him back
5: exactly that's yeah. what I'm like. there leah i thought
2: that he would have carried her back you know that's what i'm right. like mm. yeah
1: he wasn't even I, well he was in egypt right and he said mm, yep. i want to be buried next to leah
5: that's mm-hmm.
1: big you know what i'm saying that's not big. next that to just...
5: Rachel. um not next to rachel but leah exactly
1: so in the end leah really was the, the sister who won out hmm. i mean yep. it wasn't until death but you know what how many of us though we're not going to get our rewards on this earth we're going to get it after we pass away too and you know, a lot of people are like, "Man, I want my reward now. I want my treasure now. I'm gonna fight and do whatever I can to get this gold, to get this money, to get, you know, this piece of heaven on earth." But for some people, for some of us, you know, our reward isn't while we're still alive. It's gonna be after we're gone, and you know, having eternal life with the Father.
0: But then again, mm-hmm. this, may, this may be crazy, but like, what what do we think of as wealth? You know, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. I mean, like. Some people may think it's money, but God blessing or his plan may be like kids or or, or something else, you know, because we, we, we idolize or not idolize. But I want to say we desire so many things that will, that will be a reward for us. But God's plan may not be that reward that we're desiring, even though we fight so hard to try to get it. I mean, like uh, I just want to say that with Rachel and, and Leah, Leah. Uh, how can I put it where it makes sense because in my mind it makes sense but coming out it sounds I'm sound like I'm going elsewhere with this uh I guess the love that Leah wanted from Jacob mm-hmm. she ultimately got I mean even though that Rachel died mm-hmm. so but I, I think she was the competitive was before his love you know with the bearing of kids and everything so. I mean, she got it. I mean, like I said, I, maybe Jacob found those idols. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you brought this into my house, you know? So, I mean, I, I, don't, wow. I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's all I got. Because I don't know where I was going with that one. I'm going to stop.
1: No, <laughs> no I get it.
2: I get, I you get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, brother boys. Because basically, for and, and you got to look at it from what is wealth from each person's standpoint. So, for Leah, I think for her to be a good wife and to have children and raise them up and get them to be upstanding citizens. And in this case, to be a part of the 12 tribes of Israel and all that, that was like a major goal and accomplishment for her. So she was very happy. Unlike with sister girl, you know, she got to be boom, boom, pow, pow, and then have some gold and jewelry and all kinds of stuff. And that really wasn't what Leah wanted. And I mean, I don't necessarily know if Leah... I mean, because she probably didn't know because, of course, she died, but she didn't get to see until maybe afterwards that, like, she had all of the wealth that she wanted and she, you know, did her dream. So I'm sure she felt happy in the sense of, okay, I bore these children because she said so, but she just wanted the love from him. So she had no idea, you know, with her passing that he wanted to come back with her and be next to her along with the family so in the end who made out more with the wealth it was Leah in a sense of that because that is like more of a not just a physicality fleeting thing but that's like an internal uh, eternal thing that's like beautiful and that a lot of people can't have it's priceless so if you think about that I, I totally get what you're saying brother Boaz like she was the one who worked who worked out and had the actual wealth over her sister with fleeting physicalities that could get destroyed in a matter and this is like a long time ever thing
0: thank you because i was struggling with that (laughs)
2: thank
0: you
1: yeah you said something about fleeting physicalities now that's powerful because it's like like you said rachel put her rachel's What she thought was wealthy are things that are going to fade. Beauty is going to fade. Materials are Mm going to fade. You know what I'm saying? But what Leah thought was wealthy was love, which doesn't fade. You know what I'm saying? That's eternal. Mm -hmm. So that's big.
5: That's beautiful, y'all. So we all have eternal love for each other.
1: (laughs) You know
2: it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I, love is something that they that nobody could take from you right oh, yeah. they might take your beauty they might take your money they might take anything but that love in your heart is stronger than all that amen
5: priceless
2: <laughs> love wins
0: <laughs> uh, I, I guess i would say uh just you know try not to let your uh decisions be clouded by I guess your desires I mean as we see the whole trickery in this whole three-part series you know uh uh like I think it was said at the beginning you know it was God's plan from the start how things were turned out however I think sometimes our uh actions or our thought process of what God wants because you know we always try to understand what he wants us to do and we just somehow put in our own hands, and we just create more problems. You know, even though he does put his internal hands over some blessings, and still make our mistakes a blessing, I just think that you know we should just try
1: to be the road would be less rocky. Yeah, if yeah we less rocky. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we ain't try to trick people, the road might be a little less rocky.
0: Yeah, because I, I know I try to do that, and it's never turn it out well.
5: No, well, I was going to say. um, God's time mm-hmm. is the best. Um, If you look at all the scenarios, even with like the trickery and, you know, how long he worked for the two wives and how long it took for him and his brother to reconcile, all of that was in God's timing. And a lot of times we ask God for things, but we don't know when it's going to happen, but we just need to be patient. And in his season, and his time, you know, things shall come to pass if we trust him and just obey and listen to his direction. So that's what I took. Amen.
3: And a couple with that. I just want to say that, of course, we only look at things from our, our point of view, but God is always working on the other side. So we looked at the story with Jacob. But. He was also working on Esau even before he came,
1: before Mm. Jacob
3: came back. And it's vice versa. I mean, God had already worked on the heart of Laban before Jacob even got to Laban to accept him. And even though it was uh, advantageous for, for Laban, because he saw it as another helper, someone that could profit him. But he uses, God just uses everything so st- strategically that we shouldn't have to worry about what anybody else is doing, but knowing that that God is just working everything out for us. Only, of course, if we trust that much. And that's what the where I think, I know for me, the problem lies is, do I trust them enough to be able to keep my hand out of things?
1: For me, this whole, the whole entire series has been about lust versus love. And I really feel like lust is about taking, you know, Jacob lusted for his brother's birthright, for his brother's inheritance. He lusted after Rachel. Laban lusted after getting a profit and becoming wealthy. Rachel lusted after becoming wealthy. But then the love part of it is in love, like Esau had love for his brother in that, even though his brother took so much for him, he still forgave him. And Jacob also in the end, matured and started to really figure out how to love people. He ended up loving his family them behind him. Out of harm's way when he met with Esau, he was he thought that Esau was still going to kill him, and instead of putting his family in the forefront and saying, "Yeah, y'all go ahead um, and y'all can die." He put himself in harm's way to protect his family. And so love is about protecting. Love is about giving. And then the love that he eventually had for Leah that eventually grew with Leah and the love that Leah had for him and and their whole family. And so I think that this whole story was really about the difference between lust and love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes.
4: So um, yeah, I definitely kind of like, you know, and summing it all up, I I do definitely agree and and think just kind of like if we really, really, truly, truly like have the patience and have the trust to kind of like actually go to God, ask for the help. And I know it gets hard, but I think, you know, once we try to like, Oh, you know what, man, this is just taking too long. Let me just go. I know I asked you for that, but hold on, let me just kind of do it on my own. And then when it's a hot mess and then we running back, like, man, I guess I should have just waited because it it still didn't work out. So I still had to wait anyway. Right. So I think, you know, that's, that's truly, truly, you know, one of the takeaways like for me. Um, And I think, you know, like the whole love and lust, it's uh, definitely hard, I think for a lot of people to distinguish the two, right. And kind of have that true, like understanding of, you know, the difference and yeah, I think the big thing to, you know, kind of, just for my summing up is, is more about just kind of having that patience. We ask for the help. We just allow it to kind of work its way through, and you know, in the end, you know, we'll be all right.
3: Oh, hey, I got one more. I just want to hear Mayor Bear say, "Lebron, Lebron James,
0: Lebron James."
3: I really enjoyed this i really really enjoyed this uh thank you all for having us yes, people, yes. we really enjoyed it uh appreciate y'all love what y'all doing keep it up yes Aww. hey, <laughs> hey ten just want to let you know
0: that this is this is how uh P? mr t this is his way you know we were talking about all that that's that's Mr. T
1: doing
0: All his that thing. loving. All, all that that... getting the, getting the loving. Yeah, you know,
2: Chase, chasing. Showing <laughs> you up. He's showing you up. He's showing you how it's done.
3: huh? Hey, I'm, I'm just joking. joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just joking. Don't mind if I do, brother. Don't mind if I do. If <laughs> nah, I do it,
0: nah we, be we be really good. had fun though. Yeah, yeah, we, we did. We did. It was great. Definitely awesome. a good time.
2: Yeah, we enjoyed oh. you guys as well. We Thank did. you. Yeah, things are coming. Really,
5: yeah, we really yes. did. We really, really did. Seriously.
1: <laughs> Mary are you gonna pray us up?
2: I sure am. All right, Father God, we come to you today. Thank you for <laughs> this wonderful series in which we had our significant others guest starring with us and talking through. I Pray that the pearls of wisdom that you have granted us to speak on and learn about will touch the listeners in some type of a way, whether directly or indirectly, and allowing for us to move forward and be better people within our lives. I just pray we all have a great week and that we can just remember that, you know, sometimes things have to happen in God's timing and not necessarily our timing, along with love conquers all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen.